Before the next episode of the Yalabad Podcast, we'd like to tell you about Folklory, our service where we interview your loved ones to turn their stories into personalised podcasts for you. You know, it's the season of giving and if you're still thinking about what to get as a Christmas gift, why not Folklory? We know it might be quite a broad concept, you know, like what is a personal podcast? What do you mean interview the my loved ones to create something memorable? So what has been helpful is uh, for our previous customers is to give ideas on what kind of folklore you can make. And we know something that will make an awesome episode is just answering the question, who made 2022 great for you? Sometimes, you know, it's hard to tell these people directly how they made your year great for you, you know. But imagine if they could listen to you pouring your heart out through a podcast. Okay, so just to give an idea of what that would sound like, here's Terence and myself answering that very question. Okay, Terence, so who is someone that made 2022 great for you? I think uh, for me, 2022 was a tough year like, for, for various reasons. I think a lot of people know what happened in 2022. But one, one thing I'm thankful for is, is uh, good friends that, that stay around with you and, and really support you through tough times. And one of them really was my friend, Adrian, whom my friend since secondary school, uh, you know, and, and uh, he's like me, he's also a, a dad. So, you know, I think he could relate to a lot of the things I was going through at a very difficult point uh, this year. Like. So. It was just nice having like familiar, uh, you know, friends who are, you know, there to support you. And sometimes it's not even just, it's not even helping you solve anything in particular, but it's just being there at the moments that you need people around you, you know, and, uh, and, and just giving you the space to talk and the space to, to be yourself. So it's, uh, I think that was a, a very big part of, of, uh, you know, getting over the really, uh, really tough times in 2022 for me. So yeah, shout out to my buddy Adrian. And if you want to hear more, you can listen to our full answers at the link in our description. So if you have someone in mind that you want to create something different, something magical for, just check us out at folklory.com. That's F-O-L-K-L-O-R-Y.com. And we will have you sorted in just one week. And now on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Um, well, like not not recording for like three days already feels like a lifetime, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, um. I promise that I'll do this every Monday, but Monday we released our podcast interview with Elvin Tan, Minister Elvin mm. Tan. Check it out if you haven't already. Uh, generating a bit of interest online, as I, as I can tell. Uh, but I always do this every Monday, which is, Harish, let's check in on how is wedding prep coming along on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10. How are you feeling about it? <laughs> I would say on Monday, it was about a 7. Mm. Um, up to maybe about one hour before this podcast, it was a 4. But then wow. before we started, we before we started this podcast, I would say back to about a six point five. Six point five. Oh. Six point five. Kind of went 6. down. Yeah, a bit like well, this not changing as fast as the weather these days. Huh? But oh, yeah, explain, man. Yeah. Here's <laughs> without too much detail, like uh what is what when what caused it to go down to four, like crash like crypto, you know? Uh Actually, no, I would say at the start of the week, there was a bit of fall. Then it was creeping up, mm. creeping up, creeping up. But maybe yesterday, it was like, okay, it's seven. Today, mm. it was a, a four again and then creeping up. Uh, I would say okay. a mix of uh, logistical issues and mm. uh, human issues. Yes, logistical see, and human. When you say uh, logistical, you mean like supply chain like issues? Like vendors. Russia or, war, or, that kind of thing. Or, the what? Like, like, like the war in Russia, uh, the war in Ukraine. Uh, supply uh, chain issues PS5 shortage that kind of logistics. Now, now whatever I say is going to seem like a fucking first world <laughs> problem as there are wars happening there and I'm like uh, yeah no one vendor uh, pulled out uh, and there were some mm. issues and then we had to scramble 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 uh, mm. but but yeah la, uh, apart from that I, I'm genuinely quite excited uh, I think mm. my the people Excellent. attending the wedding are excited it's just mm. these niggling things la, these niggling things yeah. that come up yeah Trying to iron out and all really these things. just curveballs, curveballs, yeah, yeah curveballs, curveballs, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then today, so today on a, you're saying six point five right now, right now six point five. Yeah, now, now six point five. And okay. okay, today honestly in the morning, like mm. uh, I don't understand when when your your MacBooks or something just start 
making a lot of noise on the fan and it just slows down ridiculously. I don't know whether it's the latest update or whether mm. people face this on a routine basis, but holy shit, man. Uh, this Today, my, my, my computer was just uh, taking a stroll. Uh. Yeah. To be fair, the, the MacBook is almost 10 years already. La. Yeah, I believe so. I believe it's almost 10 is years it? already. Yeah, so yeah. Apple, if you're looking for <laughs> a podcast to sponsor. <laughs> yeah, this is it. But this is yeah. it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been uh, uh, not only the, the wedding and then uh, your, your wedding. I'm sure the other big event in, in your life also is the World Cup having started over the weekend as well, right? Yeah, for, but, for everyone. Yeah, have you been watching? Have you been watching it? Uh, bits and pieces when I can, but I have definitely I've, I've made a decision that I'm going to forego all the three AM matches, lah. Unless it's the final or semi-finals, lah. That's it. Mm, mm. Executive yeah. decision, lah. Executive decision. Plus, you know, like I've been just watching a lot of videos about Qatar hosting the World Cup. You know, as recommended by some of the the listeners. You know, uh, yeah. Then it just I got very mixed feelings about this World Cup, lah, for sure. Tainted, uh, tainted, is tainted, it? Tainted, slightly, slightly, yeah. Tainted. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean... But you're, I, you're I saying you been, haven't been watching, is it? I haven't been watching as much as I would like to. I have been watching mm. highlights. Uh, yeah. I mean, the latest upset that happened yesterday was the Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia. La. Like, holy mm. mama. Yeah, big holy one, mama. Big, big match. Yeah. But well-deserved, well-deserved by the Saudis. Yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 they did well, yeah. So, but, I mean, it's still exciting. Uh, yes. Still exciting. Still exciting. Yes. Yeah. But it's, uh, it gives, yes. I think there's there's the atmosphere that we haven't felt in a while from like big global sporting events, right? You know? Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not totally against a World Cup in November. Start like, and then towards towards like the end of the year and all that. Actually, it's quite, mm. it's been, it's been quite interesting feeling. Um, I mean, uh, and then plus your wedding and all that building up as well. It must be like whirlwind of emotions right now, huh? A uh, little bit, a little, little bit. I would still <laughs> prefer the World Cup during summer because now, imagine all these people's Christmas or they cannot just let go. Uh, I mean, for some people, it'll be the most amazing Christmas if you win the World Cup. Yeah. But I don't know about the end of year World Cup. La. I don't know. Mm, that's why everyone has got mixed feelings about it, la, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. This, is not, this is not a podcast about sports. Yeah, that's why. So yeah, exactly. let's bring back all, all the sports people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. what, I mean, but before we jump to our topics, like what, what, what do we want to plug? Uh, just our podcast, uh, as we come, come towards the end of another year of doing Yalabad. I don't mm. know how many episodes mm. we released this year, but probably, I don't know, like a hundred, maybe at least. Uh, We're and closing in on 350 in total. Uh, yeah. Closing into 350. So, yeah. so if, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, or if you've recently come across it and you think, oh, this is this is pretty interesting, it would be great if you could share the love and tell at least one other person who may not have heard of us before. So just give it a shot. Just mm. give it a shot. Mm. That's all. Just play it when you're at dinner or when you're visiting them or in the morning. Just send them a WhatsApp to one of our episodes. Sure. All sure, right. Yes. Shall cool. we? Thanks for the enthusiasm, the first topic. Huh? Yes. Uh, never mind. It's yes, okay. Yes. We've moved on. We've moved on. We've moved on. Yes. Okay. Our first yes. topic is uh something our neighbors in the north have all been fretting about like, while we worry about uh World Cup <laughs> yeah. and weddings. They're also the worried north. about they are, they're also worried about um political turmoil in the country, like, right? Mm. And uh, what is this topic about? Topic right is the Malaysian elections, la. Mm-hmm. Um which feels like every few months. Malaysian yeah. politics just seeps into and uh, our head and digs a worm in our brains, la, Whether you like yeah. it or not, yeah. Right. To be fair, we, uh, you and I, we don't follow Malaysian politics very closely, la, Right. But I feel, ah, uh, yeah. I feel like every six months we kind of have to do a, a like a revision course at like that, to again understand how everything works in Malaysia, la, Right. Uh, it's yeah. like every six months or so, there's some political upheaval, especially in the last couple of years, uh, that that has forced us to like, okay, let's let's read up as much as we can again about the about how things work in Malaysia. Uh and then oh yeah. then I I always get shocked by oh the king decides like who's the who's the prime minister and all that. You know, in these kind of processes. Yeah. So it always shocks yeah, me. We, like, it always is, surprises yeah. me. Even though I've experienced it like multiple times already. Huh? Which is where we are at right now, la. Like uh, mm. today, twenty third November Wednesday, the latest update as of yesterday was that Malaysia's king will be mm. the one to pick the next prime minister. Like when Terence mm. said that, if you haven't been keeping track, it sounds ridiculous, right? Mm. This supposed, a supposedly ceremonial uh, king is going to be picking the next prime minister. 
And yeah. there were a lot of things that led up to that, uh, which mm. we're going to try and unpack and unravel. But I won't deny, as I was having my four out of 10 moments of wedding planning before this, and we were doing mm. the Malaysian elections, I was like, oh, fuck, so much to read. So much mm. to read. But um, I mean, if you keep track of... All this does affect so, your wedding somewhat, right, tangentially, because you got a lot of uh, I got relatives in Malaysia. Yeah, coming from Malaysia, and probably their moods and everything will be affected by what was happening in politics as well. Uh, right? I mean, okay, the feeling I get is like, like on first impression, they they almost used to it. Of course, mm. there might be bigger repercussions of like the economy and like like just the policies and all that. But now, from what I see in the WhatsApp groups and all, it's just like the memes, like my aunties are sharing memes. No? That's what it mm-hmm. has come to. My see, aunties are sharing memes of Malaysian politics because mm-hmm. for them, it's almost like this is the norm. If there wasn't mm-hmm. political uh, drama, it wouldn't feel like Malaysia. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like the, the converse in Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. But um, maybe maybe the, the root cause of your, your laptop dying earlier was the the opening of multiple tabs to try to understand what the what is going on in Malaysia, <laughs> la, right? You so know how I'm sure how you have all these tabs it, lined up. <laughs> no, you know how heartbreaking it was to not be able to open up as many tabs as I needed or not. Yeah, like, I yeah. felt like fucking immobilized, man. You have yeah. to drop from like fifty to like twenty or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. But okay, but, well, well, yeah. where, where? Let me just try and give like a a high level summary of of this and and hopefully if you're listening also and you haven't been following this will give you enough context to at least give get an idea of what's going on mm, so yes. i guess we we don't need to go all the way back of um uh, to malaysian politics but it's just these past few, few years starting in like 2018 was when there was a surge of like this drama and political instability like i'm not saying there wasn't before um but like there was a the the, the elections that were held in 2018 uh, mm. it resulted in the first change of government uh, in Malaysia's history since they started having direct elections in 1955. La. So mm. so previously, it was always Barisan Nasional, right? Mm. Uh, but then Pakatan Harapan won. So they won mm. 113 seats out of uh, around 222. So there were, like, I mean, they, they won um, and Mahathir became prime minister and okay, la, it was it was running Confirm got teething issues and all. But then in 2019 and uh, 2020, 2020, so, so, mm. so 20, to, to 20, this was all in parallel with the whole 1MDB scandal, right? So yep. the 1MDB scandal brought like Malaysian political drama to the international stage. So, mm. and the party that uh, was involved, so Amno, which was led by Najib, um, there was a lot of drama there. But then in 2020, mm. right, that's when, um, there were two, uh, two. Like, that's when like the politics all went crazy, la. Um, mm. in February twenty twenty, there was a big shakeup, and Martyr, who was then PM, he resigned. Mm. Um, and then Muhyiddin was appointed, yep. and then there was a new coalition called Perikatan National. So all these terms, right? We're gonna try and refresh your memory every every once in a while. But Muhyiddin yep. was prime minister who took over from Martyr. And mm. then there was in parallel with COVID. So there was mm. all this shit happening. And then there was like increasing tension all the way till the middle of 2021 when Muhyiddin lost support uh, over mm. mainly COVID. La. And then he yeah. resigned. And then the new PM, Ismail Sabri Yaakob, uh, was mm. appointed. Mm. And then there was like a lot of like um, instability and there were calls for a snap election. La. So, mm. they, he was getting pressured by uh, the Barisan National, which was on his side, the AMNO, mm. and in the end, he announced the dissolution of parliament on 10th October 2022. And that mm. resulted mm. in this election. And I think they have 60 days to choose the next government, which means December 9th is the ultimate cutoff. Mm. So, since then, they did have the elections. Um, and when the elections ended last weekend, for the first time ever also, there was a hung parliament in Malaysia. Which just mm. means that there was no single party that got the majority of votes in the uh, Malaysian parliament. Like, which was, total number of seats, 222. They just needed yeah. 113 to become the government. And none of them had enough seats. Mm. Mm. Um, 
and and one of them is led by uh, uh, Anwar, and one of them is led by who is the uh, it's it's uh it's putting oh, shit. I was doing so well. Can you? <laughs> can, yeah, because the Anwar it help me out lah. Who's the other person? Yeah, yeah, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. There's a lot of names also. There's a lot of names. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh okay. No wait, it is. It's stay with me if you're listening. Stay with me. Ah, okay. It was Muhyiddin, the the former mm. pr- uh, prime minister. Yeah. Um, so so actually, but Muhyiddin is uh he's part of the so-called opposition now, like, Right. Yeah. He's heading right. up the opposition. Uh, yeah. and then but you're talking about uh so Anwar is the head of the. Uh, PH and H actually stands for hope. Uh. That's something I've learned recently. Uh, the the Malay word for hope, I believe. Harapan, and, harapan. Yeah, and then uh, the PN is a national alliance, right? The N stands for national. So, so who's the head of PN in Malaysia? That's the one that we're trying to figure out. I think it is Muhyiddin. Oh, BN. I thought BN. I thought Muhyiddin was BN. Ah. Uh... No. Okay, so, so <laughs> no, it is Muhyiddin because Muhyiddin mm. and Anwar met the king because they were the uh, leaders of the two biggest uh uh part the two votes that got the most number of seats. Okay. Oh, okay. And BN was who won thirty seats. Um. Uh. Uh, they they could influence whether it is Anwar's party or Muhyiddin's party that gets the majority one one three lah. Yeah. Well, shit. I'm I'm super confused already by all the different parts. <laughs> yeah, this, but yes, this so is an example of how confusing it is. Yeah. For, I mean, okay, if you're non 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 political uh, students of Malaysia. <laughs> I mean, okay, if you're listening and wondering what the hell are these two people talking about? Um, mm. I mean, like, just we are also trying to to unpack what is happening, which was the point of us talking about this, is to bring yep. anyone who is also as confused along yeah. with us on the journey of trying to understand. Yes. The so so of back confusion. to where I was. Yes. Uh, there was uh, Anwar and Muhyiddin who met the king on Monday. Mm. And the, the, the king was the one who said, okay, can we form like a, a coalition government, which means we work together to form a stable government. Anwar said, yes, he's totally fine. Muhyiddin said, no, mm. I will not do this. So, that's why the deadlock yeah. came about and it was announced yesterday that the, that the king will make the decision. Mm, mm, that's right. Yeah. So, um, but, so there was but a, I mean, when you say... Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I mean, I was, there was a very high-level summary uh, of what uh, I believe has happened up till yesterday. And now while you talk, yes. I will verify my statements. Uh, I think uh, the important, the interesting thing for me is what is the goes into this decision-making process by the king, right? Uh, one thing that we've all become familiar with in the last few years is that you know, the concept of the king, the Agong, making the decision as to who will be the, the, the prime minister to lead the coalition. So my understanding is that um, when he calls people to the palace, it's, it's, uh, it's with the... With the with the understanding that the, the the person he's appointing has the mandate of the MPs, right? Has the support mm. and the backing of the MPs to in order to form the government. So in this situation, what's happening is that there there isn't a very there isn't a simple majority in the parliament. So he's got mm. two parties that are competing for for uh for 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 power right now. They're two they're competing to to say that oh, we are the, the biggest winners and therefore we should be the ones to form the government, right? And mm. uh, there, there, is, there has been a lot of political jostling to see if they can form political alliances. But imagine even after you form the political alliance, you still need to agree on who is going to be a leader of this alliance, right? Every party mm. has their own interests. Every party has their own personalities to, to look after. So that's where the, there's a deadlock. Uh, and that's where the king is... In this situation, in this situation, has to be the one to step in to say, uh, "Hey, you know, um, from what I understand, you know, both of you have support from different parts of the country, different regions. Uh, but maybe, maybe, do you have the support of uh, other uh, the other parties as well? Uh? you know, that's the. I think that's the thing he's trying to balance. Uh, like whether if you know if one party 
chooses one particular leader, but that leader has has is not able to garner support from the the minority parties and everything, then that's a that's gonna be a bit of a problem, right? So mm, it might exactly. not end up being yeah, it might not end up going to the the alliance with the most the most votes in the election, as you as you would imagine what a representative uh, parliament would look like, right? Uh, it might yeah. end up going to the more uh, in in the king's eyes, uh, what the more practical decision is to maybe appease uh various members of the of the of the of the parliament, like, right? Uh, yeah. and that's where there the, there seems to be a lot of um uh it, it's not as clear an, as an, an answer as as you might imagine, like, for yeah. compared to politics and other places as well, like, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, just based on what you said about how it might not go to the party with the most number of seats, right? Can you imagine if the king selects the party that has like like a almost like a minority support from the parliament? He might think that the leader of that party is the best position, uh, best person to do it. Mm. But can you imagine the rest of parliament? So it just feels. I mean, yeah. from what I've read yeah. in articles and all, um, the general how you say a norm is for uh, a minority government uh, that is that happens to be elected is to hold like a vote of confidence when parliament reopens lah. It's just like to say, mm. okay, we have, uh, we are putting it out there. Do you support us? Do you not? Uh, it's what it's like. What Elon yeah. Musk is doing with Twitter lah. Are you ready to work at hardcore Twitter or not? If you're not. You get out. Yeah. Uh, in this case, I don't think they can kick people yeah. out of parliament, but at least they get it out of the door, right? Um, out on mm, the table. That's right. So, so it just feels like, wow, this whole thing is. How is it going to get better from here? And and even in the lead up, mm. there was a lot of controversies around this election. One of which was the timing, lah. Um, I think certain mm. critics have mm. said, why do it end of year when it's monsoon season? Because in certain states, it mm. was an issue, uh, where people couldn't turn out. Uh, or turn up to vote because of floods. You know, um, I think yeah, it happened right, right. Um, in, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, I mean, flooding is an issue in, in Malaysia. So, so that impo- impacted certain uh, votes. And then also, just mm. like, um, it just feels, it's a snap election and, and, mm. and it's, it's just, you just watching it, right? Like, and having these two leaders yeah. of the two parties meet the king in private, and after that, the king is going to meet 30 other lawmakers to, to talk to them. It's happened before because I remember saying that exact same thing on a previous mm. podcast we did. <laughs> but you look yeah. at it and you're like, hmm, wah. Yeah. But actually, uh, you were saying earlier that um, your relatives are making memes about, about it and all that, yeah. right? Are you saying that they, to them, they're sort of laughing at everything that's going on? I think it's like, uh, okay, so I would imagine just based, of course, when they come down in a few weeks, uh, so I don't know whether I want to talk about Malaysian politics during my wedding. Uh. Probably not. Uh. But um, <laughs> but I think the feeling that I've... That inviting, you're inviting a lot of problems. The, the uh, feeling you know. that I've got from talking to them in the past. Because I mean, I go, I see them quite mm. often or at least once a year. Um, it's almost like mm. this is the situation they live with and mm. it's almost expected. Uh, and the memes, it's almost mm. little, little bits of respite amongst the generally shitty situation. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. a feeling. That's a feeling I, I, I get. Yeah, there's a. Yeah, there's a. I think there's a, some memes online as well about how the Malaysian ringgit is going to, you know, drop mm. further, like uh, one sing dollar to four Malaysian ringgit. But then there are also people saying that, hey, you know, this is not something funny to be made off, uh, made fun of at this moment, mm. like, Right when the country is uh, uh, undergoing a lot of political turmoil and all. So I'm just wondering, like, yeah, like, on the ground, like how people are feeling about this whole thing. Because I think, if anything, uh, since all the political upheaval in the last few years has just made uh, a lot, turned a lot of people off. Uh, the, a lot of Malaysians, uh, young Malaysians, I find, uh, a lot of them have been sort of turned off by everything that's going on, right? Yeah. Uh, in the sense that they're not, they're not even caring already because it's just, it's just this giant circus that, that uh, is happening in front of them. Uh. So I also like str- struggling to to see how a situation like this, you know, um, is inspiring, you know, is inspiring any young Malaysians to like, yeah, be be excited about the future or anything like that like, in a very bleak economy, in a very bleak global uh, financial situation as well. No, but, right? but I mean, it's interesting you say that because it was in July 2019 mm. that the constitution was amended to allow 18-year-olds to 20-year-olds to vote for the first time. 
Like, this is the mm. first time people below 21 can vote. So as much as mm. if you're a young person, I can imagine thinking like, why, like, Malaysia looks like it's a tricky time. It's also the first time that they can vote and actually make a difference. Uh, yeah. So, maybe, yeah, maybe. And, and I mean, even uh, like, uh, I know just based on anecdotal evidence amongst my extended family, quite a few of them see coming to Singapore to work uh, or even friends like coming to Singapore to work uh, as like, okay, it's a, it's a, it's something to aspire to. I'm not saying I'm tooting a horn or anything, but that's just based on what I've, mm. I've seen. Like, because even, I was just talking to someone that day, he said when he's thinking about his kids in future, does he want to bring them up in Malaysia? Probably not. You know? Mm. And in mm. Singapore, it's yeah. something that, okay, if you want to leave Singapore, you want to migrate, it's probably for other 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 reasons like it's like the education there's too much there's too much like a uh, 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 structure and too much is which, which is like a very different problem la. but you know you're saying like what mm. what uh, people must be feeling uh, one thing that this election also like gave rise to is because between Anwar mm. and Muhyiddin Anwar's uh, party is actually multi-ethnic um, and Muhyiddin's party mm. is more mm. conservative Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. the one thing that I've seen some people point out is that it's the first time that uh, and the an Islamic party, um, mm. which you know, like they, they believe in Sharia law and all, became the the mm. the single biggest block uh, in terms of number of votes. Yeah. So so one yeah. issue in Malaysia yeah. from the past, based on talking to my relatives, to friends, and and just is is you know the whole Bumi Putras versus. What is a Malay Malaysian versus a non-Malay Malaysian? So there's now talk mm, about how yeah, oh if the, and mm. if there's a rising conservative sentiment which we have seen in Western countries coming up in Malaysia, yeah. For the people who are non-Bumiputras, non-Malays, there could be a concern, la. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a. If anything, the election results also show that yeah, the country is quite uh divided that way, la, mm. Right. It, it's uh you know in in. Quite similar to a lot of other, a uh, lot in a lot of other places where, where the the people feel more polarized about about uh, basic issues. Yeah, uh. but I mean, like, yeah. uh, how is this impacting you on a day to day basis? Uh? On a day to day basis, yeah. uh, I mean, not that much because I we we don't do a lot with uh, Malaysia. We don't deal a lot with Malaysia. Now work. And uh, I, I'm not the the type that, that travels up to Malaysia that often, but um, but even then, uh, you know, it's it's. I, I think if anything, we we need to understand yeah, what our what our neighbors up north are, are going through right. Mm. Uh, in terms of understanding, uh, you know, the whenever like uh, whenever we we talk about our, our, our Malaysia or our neighbors up north, it's usually like. Uh, it's usually some meme, some joke, or some something like, right? You know, making fun of what's going on there. But at the same time, uh, yeah, the 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 peace and stability in that country is very vital to even to Singapore, mm. right? Uh, and and this is not this is not an advertisement for any for any particular uh government agency or anything. But yeah, the the truth is the 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 prosperity of of politics up north, prosperity of the country and the and the stability of the political structure up north is very important to our safety as well mm. right so uh while it's not something that we keep daily tabs on i'm sure we we i'm sure our our government and our uh you know uh in our, our government like, basically and our all our government agencies are definitely keeping a close watch on what's happening there yeah how about you i mean like yeah like day to day not much aside from like i mean none of mm. my uh relatives have said oh we're not coming because of the elections um but I think, yeah. you know, earlier this year, even when there was a there was a policy change in Malaysia that affected chickens, right? Um, it trickled mm, down mm, to Singapore. Mm. La, and not to say that it was a life and yeah. death situation, but it affected like whether I buy chickens or not. Um, I mean, I don't right, need right. to eat chicken. La, but, but you can imagine all those businesses mm. that deal with chicken, they were impacted like crazy. Mm. So if there's instability there, yeah. because I think... Uh, sometimes you do see the sentiment of like, oh, you know, Singapore, we don't, we don't have to deal with this shit. These people are like in the north, and like it doesn't matter what happens to them. No, man, it does, man, it does. Ultimately, it will mm. trickle down, and yes. 
it will impact us in many ways. Lah. So I think that's why for me when when you suggested this topic, I was like, okay, it's it's good to just understand what's going on uh, mm. and try and stay in touch with it lah, as opposed to like, okay, I don't give a shit about what's happening there. Yeah. And I mean, but one thing for sure is like, it's the end of Mahathir's uh, involvement in, in the current government already, mm. right? Yeah. Because he's lost his he seat. Lost his seat. At the- so, I mean, and given his age and everything already, it's, you know, I think it marks the close of a chapter on, on that story. He's right, right? 97, no? He lost his seat and I think he was still optimistic uh, that he wanted to stand for yeah. parliament and all and he's 97, no? You talk yeah, about Ronaldo yeah. having longevity but, and all, like, Mate, 97, <laughs> that's 60 years older than Ronaldo, no? Yeah. Oh, and this guy's really? been playing like 3D chess Shit. for decades yeah. already, like, right? My God, oh, that is yeah. insane. But, I mean, so so now yeah. the whole of Malaysia is, is just on the edge of their seat, lah. Um, or maybe they're yeah. not. Maybe they're like, ah, fuck, okay, King deciding again. Okay, lah. Whatever. Uh, whatever, yeah. lah. Let him be. Let him do it, yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> just feels... I don't know, man. That's why interesting to hear, lah. Like from especially in younger Malaysians, uh, their thoughts about everything. Or even the Malaysians there, in Singapore. I wonder, like, whether mm, they. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I, I should ask ask the Malaysian friends if you're if you're a friend and Malaysian, or even if you're not a friend and Malaysian. Uh, yeah, like it would be interesting to mm. hear what do you guys think, man. Yeah. Because now, not, oh. now, just just to wrap up, like, when are we gonna know? When are we? When is the king gonna decide? Um, I think he's meeting with the other rulers on, uh, I believe, Thursday morning. And they're going to have a, uh, you know, a bigger discussion about you know, who they should appoint. Mm. Uh, so there'll be probably be more clarity after that. Uh, it does seem like, it does seem like, um, it does seem like both sides are jostling for, for what, for, for what they want. Like, I know, I think when he came out of the meeting, he straight away said that the king was, you know, was looking forward to someone who can represent the multiracial, multi-religious, uh, the multi-regions of, of Malaysia as well, uh, mm. you know. So he's very firmly saying that, the, or at least he, he claims that the king uh, probably understands that Anwar probably has a, a, a stronger mandate that way, uh, you know, being more representative of, of different races and cultures within his alliance. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it just feels like, I mean... I guess we can just wait and see. Uh, but hopefully, <laughs> this gives you a very, very high-level overview of, of uh, what's been happening. La. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, we don't be embarrassed if you... If you if it's been hard to follow, follow everything that's been going on. Because as you can tell, even for us, after having read up about it, as all, much as we we've could. also found it, oh shit, so... So confusing. So yeah. confusing, yeah. I hope there's a TV show in the works about this. La. But yes. I'm sure. I'm sure that will be. Uh, yeah, but yes, cool um, man. Uh, you know, closer to home. Our next topic is is uh, it's about something also that that uh, I guess a lot of people it, it does affect our lives directly, uh, indirectly at least, uh, Right, indirectly, every one of us, whether we know it or not. Mm. Um, and what is this? And what is this big topic about? Ah, uh, you know, like after talking about the political. Uh, situation in Malaysia coming to Singapore and talking about this, yeah, it's just there's a lot of comedy there, la. Um, but basically, yeah. um, there is discussions that maybe the quiet time in Singapore for neighborhoods, which currently stands mm-hmm. at ten from ten thirty p.m. to seven a.m., might be extended for another one and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this was uh the. Uh, a recommendation by an advisory panel, uh, which is the Community Advisory Panel on Neighborhood Noise. Uh, uh, they issued mm. a recommendation mm. about, about this. Like, a bunch of recommendations, but one of the main ones was uh, a new silent period from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m., not 10.30 to 7. 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. Yeah. And yeah. what? And it, this is just a recommendation, right? It's not, there's no mandate. Uh, as in, even now, the noise, this is a recommendation for those hours to be quiet hours. Correct, 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 correct. Correct. So, what made you want to talk about this, Terrence? Um, no, I I guess it's, for me, it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, 
you know, living in Singapore, where we're trying to be this global cosmopolitan city, where you know everything is, uh, it's a hub, it's buzzing at at all hours. It's exciting to live. You know, global talent want to move here and live. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> the side that they're trying to manage is like, uh, yeah, like people wanna they wanna chill out late at night. They they wanna chill out at home without any noise. They they don't want to have that whole all that buzz around them and, and that's they're I mean trying to institute it in this way like you know where you can actually start calling the police from 10 p.m. onwards it's just a very classic Singaporean passive aggressive thing uh. so I, I thought it's quite funny and uh be interesting to hear your thoughts about it as well uh I mean for me the the, the thing is like even right now 10 30 to 7 does it ever occur to you that mm. you I don't know you might be doing something noisy and like 10.25, you're like, blah, 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 blah. But like 10.35, you're like, oh shit, we have to be quiet. Does that ever happen to you? Or like 7 a.m., like 6.59, you're just waiting. 7 a.m., you just start playing loud music. Mm. No, no, but but let's say you're, you know, if I'm doing some like, uh, not, not, not drilling, lah, but if I'm doing some DIY thingy at night, like putting together IKEA furniture, sometimes it definitely goes beyond 10 p.m., right? You know, because... You can only do it after hours because you're you're not working or your kids asleep and all that kind of thing. So you would be doing it past a certain time, like, And and if um if there happens to be one knock or two knocks and then suddenly I get a complaint from you know police show up your door because you're putting together IKEA furniture at like ten twelve p.m. That'll be they're kind of like it'd be, be kind of annoying, like, Right? Wouldn't it be like ten thirty? I understand, like, But ten p.m. Come on, it's ten ten p.m. is still like. It's still, it's still, it's like there's still TV to watch. There's still people coming home from, from you know, having dinner outside and things like that. So, but the expectation that there shouldn't be noise from ten to ten thirty p.m. is kind of feels a bit kind of outrageous <laughs> to me. It's like. outrageous. Uh. It's outrageous to you. Yeah, yeah. You think about it like you watch the World Cup now. You, the, the match starts at nine o'clock. Uh, second half starts at ten p.m. You know, then you, you have to start. You cannot you cannot cheer loudly anymore. Already from ten p.m. onwards. It's like, it's kind of crazy, right? And, and the, the truth is, most of the, these sporting events like Premier League or, or World Cup and all that, they do they do take place at 10 or 11pm, usually most of the time on the weekend. So like, the, the, this artificial cap at 10pm just feels like, it's really, 10.30 is draconian enough, really. Let's, let's not go further back So you think 10.30 10 is draconian? For housing estate? It is. I, I feel it's, but yeah, I think it's a bit early. Like, have you ever hung out with friends like, past, 10.30 Oh, yeah, of course. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Every gathering you've been to and what, you will hang out past 10 p.m. or 10.30 p.m. Correct, right? but most... Especially now that house parties are a much bigger thing because of COVID yeah, and all that, yeah. right? But most of the time, unless yeah, it's so, a house party, like 10.30, you mean yeah. you would still be wanting to cheer loud and all? No, like... So, yeah, so so there is... There needs to be some discretion on, on people as well. Like, um, the problem in Singapore is that we weaponize the the report police reporting like you know and, and there's there isn't the first thought of okay let live and let let live like you know where sometimes they make noise i make noise you know uh it happens as long as it's not severely disrupting my sleep let's just let's just let it be cuz who will want that situation where you are hosting a party and all that and then you continually have have police or neighbors knocking on your door like, right mm. so vice versa so i feel like in singapore by putting these guidelines, we are encouraging people to start calling the police from 10 p.m. onwards and weaponizing the police reports against their neighbors, which I think is very unneighborly behavior. And, you know, even if it's really disturbing you, it, it does help to just actually even just knock on your neighbor's door and ask nicely first, right? Uh, before before resorting to calling the police. But maybe... So that's why I'm like, it's 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 a tough one. Yeah. So maybe it's just one of those things that um, for people who really do have super noisy neighbors is more to help them out because mm. if you have decent relationships with your neighbor or at least something that is not antagonistic I don't I would assume that you mm. wouldn't call the police la. so you wouldn't even activate this you wouldn't even play this as your trump card but for people who really are struggling yeah. with for whatever reason this is something that will make things easier mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's right yeah so I mean but so so for you you are you think it's a it's a good thing to have I huh? wouldn't say it's a good thing but to me it's like the 10.30 to 7 a.m. thing, it, even if that wasn't there, I don't think it would change my behavior. 
even if there was no okay mm. 10 30 to 7 a.m means you have to be quiet uh it's just okay la, like at night uh i'll try not to be that loud um of course i have also organized house parties in the past where uh police came mm. so those were mm. times where we kind of consciously knew that okay we are we're being loud but it was a very <laughs> concentrated uh time la. but apart from that i would I try not to be loud when it's late, I guess. That's why this whole 10.30 versus mm, 10. Mm. I'm like, does it make a difference? Does it make a difference? I guess because be- it's because you're, you're conscientious. You're conscientiously trying not to make noise beyond a certain hour already, right? Like, like definitely past 11, you are like, okay, yeah. can't, can't be too loud about everything and all. La. But sometimes, some I, the truth is, there are some people who lack common sense. La. Uh, you know, like recently in my playset, there was a there was a group of people having a big party, and I think till one in the morning, they were like still singing songs and all that while by the poolside, like, You know, so so it was just like um, uh, you know, what well, there's only that much security that many warning security guards can give as well before they have to call the police mm. uh, on them, like, And and that's always a it becomes a very unpleasant situation when the police comes, right? And maybe even more noise, more more disruption and all yeah. that, right? So you kind of got to balance how 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 that how that uh how how you deal with that, uh. But you know, cause I I think yeah I I think everyone has their own personal anecdotes about about um the lack of noise control in Singapore and all. But uh I think there is something to be said also about the fact that our I think our, our infrastructure, our windows and all that don't have very good soundproofing. Mm. Uh, and I only say that because yeah, you know, for my kid. Uh, not too long ago, I actually installed soundproof doors, and they're like literally these like they look like bomb shelter doors like that, like, with those really heavy duty and like noise. You know, mostly about I think about seventy percent of the noise gets cut through the door, like. But the windows, the windows are still are still you know whatever the the building first came with, and they they're the thinnest windows ever, and yeah, you know, like, noise from the car park, noise from the pool, all that still still goes through, like. So maybe it's to do with um rather than demanding that people behave themselves a certain way. Because so many so much of our population uh, actually lives in public housing. Maybe the idea is to to think about better soundproofing for our, our public housing infrastructure as well, right? Then uh I mean that's an interesting way of looking at it. But then what? Well, then it'll become mm. like uh then the HDB prices increase and uh, uh big big reason is for soundproofing. Uh. <laughs> or you choose your BTO. Better so you choose your BTO. Yeah. You can yeah. choose like whether you want uh hardcore soundproofing, uh not so much soundproofing. Yeah. Maybe that that yeah, to construction yeah. companies out there have that as an upsell. Mm-mm. You know, have yeah. that as an upsell. But, but 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 what is the price of more harmonious neighborly living? You know, if like if more people could, uh, if our police force could literally have fewer calls about about a noisy neighbor and things like that, how much like time and money can be saved uh, from then our taxpayers de- as depending, well. Have you thought about then you're depending on human good. And I mean, just to clarify, I wouldn't say that I'm conscientious enough to not be loud because like I said, I have organized, when I was staying with my friends like years ago, we organized like a couple of house parties like, and they were fucking loud, dude. Yeah. Um, so our neighbors probably hated yeah. us uh, back then. Um, but I think yeah. it's one of those things that... No, but but to clarify, what I'm saying is not is, is to reduce the reliance on human good, you see. I'm saying that if uh, installing better soundproofed windows and soundproofing, maybe, maybe not windows, but, but let's say if you have a bar or, or something downstairs, make sure those places uh, have better soundproofing than, than your average uh, neighbor's neighborhood. But then who, store who, who will pay for it? Then it becomes a court thing of who pays for it, right? Public, I mean, yeah, that's why it's public housing. But that's why I said you can save money from fewer reports to the police, fewer... Your neighborly oh, be a, mediating between neighbors. That will be a very tough white paper to write, uh, Terence. I can imagine. I can imagine. Can be done. Everything can be quantified. Can in dollars be quantified. Can. This is Singapore. Can be quantified. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, it's a uh, no. What they can do, they can do like vouchers, because now they got vouchers for like mm. buying uh, uh environmentally friendly fridges or or showers and all mm. that. Have one for soundproof yeah. doors. Right. Mm, but mm. I mean, you couldn't, like, for your yeah. place, you couldn't just put, like, those rubber things at the edges and all and cut out. Oh, you, need to, you need to change a door. 
yeah, I mean, it's those rubber things are very, very minimal. But how come hot, until like, like that? I think it's very, how very come minimal. until you have to change the door? No, I mean, because the doors in my, my place were very old. So sound, I mean, I have I have two dogs as well that bark very loudly. Uh, so sound travels, travels very, uh, sound travels far like, in my my place. It gets really, like, it's very disruptive. Then why you know, uh, why you know muzzle your dog? Yeah. Yes. Muzzling, uh, yeah, so, so that, that's why you don't want to, <laughs> if you don't want to, to have to do these kind of draconian measures, like, you know, making people keep quiet from 10 p.m. onwards. That's where you find other solutions, uh, which is like to literally upgrade infrastructure in, in, in your place. Uh. Of course, not everyone will do that to their own personal cost because you know, it's, it's, it's not cheap, uh, right? But, um, but so that's why I think society-wide, maybe it'll just be better for everyone if we had better soundproof, soundproofed windows and doors. Better uh, right? soundproof windows. Then you have to wait 12 years for your BTO. <laughs> so essentially, <laughs> or maybe just plan further ahead and just make sure that you get like get a contractor who promises you better windows. But like, probably right? like soundproofing, probably, yeah, like what you said, is expensive, like, right? Because everything has to be thicker. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. And with that comes a whole bunch, the door's also heavier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not. Yeah, cheap, I mean, like in my house, I can hear like the, the, the thickness of the person's cough uh, above and below me in the bathroom. Uh, okay. And, in the bathroom, that's specific. Yeah, because I mean, like the, you know, all the bathrooms are lined up together, right? So you can literally mm, hear their right. cough. And I mean, right now, it's mm. become part of the the day-to-day noise. Like. But thankfully, like my area is generally a little quiet. Uh, I think I think, mm. I think the thing about is noise pollution, there's stuff that is caused by neighbors, but there's stuff that is caused just by traffic. And maybe that's, that's mm. something that is going to be almost unavoidable as Singapore gets more and more dense. Like. Uh, as more and more houses yeah. come out. Wow, it's gonna to be tough to be that quiet, yeah. So maybe instead of soundproof yeah. doors and all that, just have sound like earplugs. Every month, just give earplugs mm. to every household in Singapore. Mm, that's right. That's not a bad yeah, idea. It's so. cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. Uh you don't need to worry about soundproofing like every door in your house or anything. You just put on earplugs. It's like it's like face masks like that, right? Yeah. Like three three years ago, if you told people that, that wearing face masks would be a common thing, they'd all be laughing Correct. at you. I mean, like, what and, the hell? You're crazy. To, but yeah, now, look at earplugs. us. <laughs> and then to, if, because Singapore, is there's yeah. a lot of lights. So if you've got night, night, night pollution also, you just wear an eye, eye patch. So you basically walk mm. around your house with a mask, you know, to prevent diseases, uh, eye patch and earplugs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the solution. <laughs> That's the future we live in. Yeah, uh, that's the that's the Singapore version of the metaverse. Like, yeah, correct. That rather is, than wearing VR headsets and all, th- we're wearing like eye, eye mask and earplugs. That is at, the at future home. we live in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but cool. Cool, man. Um, I was going to say, yeah, tell us about your craziest stories of, of neighborly noise and all that. But, you know, uh, I think I think there are a lot of these kind of stories out there. Like. You, just, you just open up Reddit and all you'll see a lot of them. I mean, maybe we'll put a link to those stories as well. Mm, yeah. Correct. But yeah, what is your one shot comment? Uh, my one shot comment is by... Wait, let me pull it up. Oh, my tabs are slow. Okay, it was posted by... Mm. Uh, wait, was it? Posted by The Clean Tone um, uh, a day ago. Mm. Uh, that kind of followed mm. up on a previous topic we talked about where we talked about how uh, there was this set of dinosaur bones that were about to be auctioned yeah. in Hong Kong that was making a stopover in Singapore and how there was a controversy around it like, because this is like a T-Rex, you know, mm. a Tyrannos- Tyrannosaurus Rex. It was being auctioned for potentially a private collector. So apparently that auction has been yeah. cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in, maybe maybe we helped uh, we helped with our discussion about this. Yeah, well. we, we were the straw that broke the T Rex's back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I mean I, I think there was also doubts uh over where parts of it came from. So it's just a, mm-hmm. a, a, a bunch of stuff that came together that, that resulted in the auction uh being cancelled. Uh. But why is my one show comment is because yeah. it was a nice update, you know, like when we talked about it. Uh, we mm. it was an open case. Uh, but for people to mm. remember that, oh, Yalaba talked about it, and then go and post it. Shout out to you, Clinton. 
Mm, that's that's so cool. So that is my one short comment. Yeah, my one short comment is by on Reddit as well uh, as a response to our episode three forty by I am Cairo Lisa. Hi guys, first time commenting. I've never been a Reddit user, but decided to be on board since you guys always promote how great your subreddit community is. Uh, so. I'm Kairu Lisa says, uh, I've been a Yalabad listener ever since OK Let's Go podcast. Prior to that, didn't know you guys existed. Got to say, starting off listening to Yalabad is a bit tough on the years in terms of production value as compared to OK Let's Go. Um, those guys are former radio DJs, so they kind of know a thing or two about the audio space. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, he, he basically, yeah, but since then, he's come to love our podcast and, and I think he or she has come to love the podcast and says that Yalba is my go-to podcast for runs and daily commute. So Harish, what do you what do you what do you say about a comment like that 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 kind of says like you know our production it's value a back, is a backhanded slap? a backhanded no. What's the thing? Uh, a back <laughs> backhanded compliment. Backhanded compliment. <laughs> backhanded compliment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I think it's um, it does say something that we don't sound like regular DJs as well. Like, yeah, right? I won't shy away from from that that from our from the very start of this we were. Very conscious and, and almost like keeping up the the idea of the way that we're not like professional uh, radio DJs. And this is not a, like the radio kind of show, right? We're distancing ourselves from that a lot, right? Mm, 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 mm. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I guess we've achieved that. Maybe maybe overachieved in that in that way. Such that people are questioning production <laughs> value as well. But that's cool. And it, either way, I think what what uh, this shows that is, is that the, it's the content and the discussion of and the the and, and that, I was gonna say analysis analysis of the content yeah. that matters. No, right? So yeah, shout out to I am Kairuli stuff for 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 uh you know yeah uh, you know becoming a, a newest member of the Yalaba Army. I, I think yeah. I think when people listen to other podcasts, you know where there's like a jingle and like this week on blah blah blah, and then they play a jingle. I always is yeah. like, what's up, everybody? Welcome to yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah. people listening to How's your wedding going? Yeah. How's your <laughs> wedding going? Hey, what's what's the structure of this podcast? Um, why are they talking about their yeah. personal lives? Um but yeah, like what Terrence said, yeah, it was a very yeah, conscious yeah. decision on how we decided to do this. Uh and we're gonna keep it mm. this way for 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 as long as we can. Like. But yeah, that was a funny comment. Yeah. Like. And yeah, uh, and it's nice to know. Yeah. But there's actually a part two. There's a part two to this comment as well. Mm. In in true in, in the vein of uh, Yalabat, in the true Yalabat spirit. The part two of this comment goes, but oh, yes. my pet peeve yeah. with you guys is that both of you are such Elon Musk fanboys. Oh, true, true. And, and you know, yeah. he is like the savior to humanity for you guys. So I think I am Karol Lisa just goes on to recommend some YouTube videos we should watch about Elon Musk and how um you know he he's basically a fraud, lah, right? And you know, uh but other than that, I am Karol Lisa loves the podcast, finds that three podcasts per week is not enough. But you guys got your own life to live, so I gotta be grateful for what I got. So yeah, what what's your response to being an Elon Musk stand? Um, I mean, I do I do appreciate uh the work that he has done. Um, but I mm. wouldn't say like I'm a stand stand like hardcore stand. Mm. I think I'm a bigger uh, Ronaldo fanboy than Elon Musk. But yeah, mm. I mean, maybe it is worth that we really go do a deep dive into Elon Musk history. Uh, because everything we see right now is based on on yeah like what what we see in media and what we try to listen to or understand. But I don't know like uh, Elon Musk stand. I don't think I'm an Elon Musk stand But maybe it sounds mm. like that. Yeah, uh, I think if anything, we have been uh, talking a lot about Twitter as well because like everyone else, we've been quite uh, shocked by you know the layers that you can uncover about the billionaire elite in there the whole boys club that they're running up there, mm. like, right? Um, and Elon Musk is probably embodies embodies a lot of that. Like. So, uh, in a sense that, yeah, like, we, we are trying to, we're also grappling with a lot of these new um, revelations about who, who Elon Musk is and what his priorities are. So, you know, it's not necessarily that we are standing him because we're talking a lot about, about him, like, right? It's more like uh, we're uncovering, hey, actually, there's, there's a lot more to, to him than than what we knew before, lah. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far to say where I stand. In fact, if anything, I like, I, I, you know, I, I think a lot of the things he's doing with Twitter is 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 running the company to the ground, and 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 uh, uh, I'm just 
you know, uh, waiting to see what happens uh, on the whole mm. thing. But at the same time, I I, I won't deny that, yeah, because because of 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 his his background with Tesla and and and, and SpaceX and everything, you, you kind of got to like, okay, um, uh, I, I did think okay, maybe he ha- he has a he has a shot at remaking social media slightly, yeah. Now, right? But there is a also, no, no need to defend uh, there. Balancing those two emotions, yeah, no, need, no need to Sorry, defend. What? It's okay. It's okay, man. It's okay, bro. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. There's this like it's it's like the Ronaldo thing as well. You know, I started off thinking there's no way I would like could can support Ronaldo's actions throughout this whole thing, but actually after watching the interview, I'm like, okay, I think, uh, I think I, I'm I'm actually uh on Ronaldo's mm. side. Like, not not in the sense that I support his unprofessional behavior. Behavior is not great, but him as a person, him trying to do what he what what he's trying to do for for himself and and his family and all that. I actually uh, understand that side of things and it makes me maybe endears, endears him to to myself a bit more. Mm. Like, yeah. ah, wow, that is opening mm. up a whole can of worms that I'm sure a lot of people would a have a say on. But that shall be for another another yeah. time. <laughs> another time. And what about... Yes. And what is your one shook thing? Uh, my one shook thing is that yesterday there was another trailer launched for Avatar. The Way of the Water. Ah, okay. The Way of Water. Okay. Uh, yep. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm just super excited about this uh show, and I am also getting a little apprehensive about setting my expectations too high. Uh, but mm. I'm just gonna enjoy the excitement while I can. Uh, I can't, I can't wait to watch it. Enjoy man. the excitement. Yeah, right? just the the build up. Oh, is there a lot of buzz about it going on right I now? I mean, uh, the trailers tend to rack up like millions of views uh overnight. Uh, mm-hmm. so I think generally there is excitement or at least amongst the people who mm. really really like the first movie and for whatever people say about the first movie I fucking loved it uh, I watched it twice mm. uh, so yeah I'm excited about this yeah. I'm excited about this yeah but now the, the crazy thing is that there won't be the 3D glasses anymore will there be? oh that one I don't know actually yeah when's the last time you watched anything in 3D right? probably Avatar lah yeah I don't know. I mean, I I've definitely seen something more recently, but but yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like uh, it's a it's a very different era in which this movie is coming out. Really, yeah, it is, it is. for sure. But yeah, it's not as like yeah. like boom shakalaka as uh other movies. But I personally am super excited about it and just watching. And maybe it's also because we are working on an animation show right now. Uh, and you see mm. the work that goes into animations and like three D renders and all. You see this, you're like, oh my god. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, what about you, man? Cool. Uh, my one, I think, um, as the World Cup's been coming around, I, I mentioned that I've been watching some videos about Qatar and 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 everything. So, in particular, I want to to highlight uh, a pretty interesting series of videos. Not a series, like just two videos, like by this uh, YouTuber called Johnny Harris. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but yeah, uh, yeah, Johnny no, Harris no, no. Uh, no. in the, According to his, I mean, I, I never knew of his existence, uh, to be honest. Mm. He has over 3 million subscribers, so this is my first time encountering his videos. But in his description, he says he makes videos about maps and many other things. Because he, what he does for Qatar is he looks at a map of Qatar and, uh, and he was really analyzing how the like government maps of Qatar and like what exactly is going on in certain certain like zones that they've demarcated within their own government maps uh. mm. and uh, apparently it has something to do with the the working conditions of foreign workers at the World Cup uh, I won't spoil it for you all but um, it's pretty interesting because uh, the sense I'm getting is that what, where he comes from is he looks at interesting maps and tries to figure out the story behind an uh, interesting section of the map or something like that uh. and for the World Cup he, he has managed to find something in Qatar that yeah, it has been quite uh, illuminating, quite interesting. Uh, so I, I will put the link so to So you're the, not going to give at least a bit of a teaser of what thing, that yeah, thing if is? If you're interested to, to understand a little bit more about the working conditions uh, prior to the World Cup in Qatar, it, it's it's worth watching. But Terence, you're not going to give a tease of what, what the revelation is. Uh? You're going to leave people on the edge of their earbuds, is it? No, I mean, I think everyone already knows about um, how, like, like the whole process of Qatar getting you know, getting the World Cup 2022 uh, and how in 12 years they built over, I mean, they built 10 stadiums and over 100 hotels in a tiny, 
in a country where like like ninety five percent of the population are, are are foreign foreign people, right? Mm. So understanding what we know about even a small country like Singapore, if we were told that we had to build ten stadiums in Singapore, uh, in ten years or something like that, like the the gargantuan amount of uh, work that needs to be done in order to to make it happen, uh, kind of tells you like mm. how many people had to be you know imported and. And almost uh, work to death to to make it all happen, lah. And it, it and so so that's I mean that's a that's what you 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 hear a lot of in the media already. But what I like about this guy's videos mm. is that he he goes a little bit uh, on the ground and and has you really understand the perspective from you know just analyzing the map of of Qatar and, and understanding like what is happening there, lah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Cool. Awesome. So cool. All right. Cool. That's our midweek episode yeah. done. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>